Good morning. What a wonderful song to lead us into our time of corporate prayer. There are many, many things that we could pray about this morning in a world that's really in turmoil. Every news item we turn on, it's another disaster or another war being reported. But during the week, I've had a real uh, sense that we should be praying for families. Ashley Montague, a Jewish anthropologist, said, the family is the basis of society. As the family is, so is the society. I believe that family is at the very heart of God's plan for humanity and that God established family to be the building block of our society. Today, the traditional family unit is under real attack on so many sides. Our community seems to be driven by individualism. We're confronted by issues such as same-sex relationships, sexual fluidity, transgenderism, not to mention disregarding the rights of the unborn. Sometimes when it all seems just too overwhelming, it's good to simply recall the words of Jeremiah 17. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They'll be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come together this morning. We thank you for the freedom that we have to meet in this place and for the many blessings that we enjoy in our country. Lord, we confess our need for you and acknowledge that without you we are nothing. You are our ultimate source of strength. When we are weak, you are strong. You lift us up when we're down. You renew our strength when we feel weary. Life has many challenges that we know we cannot face on our own. But with you, we can declare nothing is impossible. This morning we join together to pray for families. Lord, we thank you for the traditional family unit that has for so long formed the basis of our society. Lord, grant families the courage to face whatever trials they may encounter. May they know the presence of your Holy Spirit and understand that no matter how difficult the future may seem, all things are truly possible with you by their side. Lord, we know that families pass through many stages as they grow and develop. We know that relationships can become complicated and even hurtful. And in these circumstances, we ask that you bring a way forward and a hope for the future. Thank you for the many parts that make up a family. Thank you for the wonderful blessing of children. Thank you for their innocence and for their sheer joy of life. Help each of us to teach children the importance of walking with you. May they know your word as a lamp to their feet and a guide for their path. May we show them the importance of spending time with you and, above all else, 
May we help them to cultivate a life-giving relationship with you. Lord, we pray for the teens in our community. Help them to know that they are cherished and loved by you. As they grow and mature into young adults, teach them the skills they need to maintain a good quality of life. Most importantly, teach them how to grow in their relationship with you. Help them to make good and sound decisions as they consider what to do in their adult years. Bless them as they pursue their studies. Help them to choose good friends who will encourage them and inspire them to do what is right. Protect them from the evil one and from the ills and woes of social media that we all confront each day. Lord, we pray for parents. May they love you with all their heart, mind, soul and strength and so be a godly example to their children. May children see your life and love shining through their parents. Thank you for the desire that you give parents to love and serve their families. Thank you for their willingness to put the needs of their family above their own. Help all parents to lead by example and not be hypocritical in the way they live. May husbands and wives always be humble enough to apologise to each other for any shortcomings. Though marriage comes with many challenges, help couples not to give up. Help them to trust that your plan for their marriage is good, pleasing and perfect. Help them to honour each other in all they do. Help them to trust you and to pray for and encourage each other day by day. Father, we pray too for those in our community who are without family, those who are lonely and on their own, those who feel estranged from biological families, those who simply feel unloved. Lord, it's our prayer that all these will find a family of friends to provide support and comfort. Help us to be sensitive to those who have needs or simply feel orphaned or widowed. May we embrace them and show your love and care through our friendship. Pour out your Holy Spirit so that we can bless others in the community around us. In all we do, help us to show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control to those we encounter. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness and the assurance we have that you hear our prayers, both spoken and unspoken. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for that, Anthony. Um, as well, what we're going to do is we're going to just get set up. We've asked, um, Mike's actually been preparing uh, quite a lot in the background. We've asked a few uh, people to join us on stage today uh, and share some thoughts a bit about what um, what was learned. Um, and I think we're going to be revisiting the questions that came up early on. Uh, Sam posed them early on when we were preparing to go through Acts. So I think we need six. So I might even move this one. All right. So I think that's all the chairs. So if, if I can get the panel to join me, we've got Andrew, Nadine, 
Carol, Wayne, and June will join us when she's ready as well. Okay. Um, we've also got printed out sheets. So, you know, the Book of Acts is actually uh, peppered with um, preparation and inspiration. They're the two things that come to mind when you see uh, the sharing of the word. There's uh, elements of preparation. We've, you know, they've prepared to go and share the gospel, but there's also moments of inspiration where, where actual people stand up and share the gospel, share what they're feeling, share what they're, uh, where they're being prompted. So I'd encourage you. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give a microphone to Mike. So I'm going to give this red one over here. I'll just turn it on. So Mike's going to have a microphone as well. I'm going to ask him to um, leave it for others to use it as well. But also, <laughs> feel free to chime in with any of your thoughts. But there is a printed sheet uh, there. If you want to have a bit of a look through the questions, uh, if from when you're listening to what others are sharing, uh, you kind of get a bit of a thought as well. Hey, you know what? I've, I've got a thought. And I'd encourage you to actually uh, come down and share it. Don't be afraid uh, or embarrassed. It's a pretty small group. It's just us here today. So I don't think we need to worry too much about, you know, trying to, trying to feel too awkward. We do want to hear from you. So we've got five people who have kind of prepared and we're sort of waiting for any inspiration or prompting from the Spirit. If you guys want to share, by all means do. All right. So, um, oh, I'm going to sit in the middle, am I? Okay. All right. So I'll grab a second microphone for this group here. So that's for the three of you there, if you want. All right. So the first question we're going to look at is um, the first question that was posed by uh, by Sam in preparation and throughout the uh, the Acts review was, as you place yourself in the narrative of Acts, what are you inspired by or what challenges your thinking? Maybe I'll start with yourself, Carol. I just, I just wanted to acknowledge the work that Sam did to prepare for this series and how he brought the book alive to us. I've just benefited so much from that. And um, I uh, personally got a lot out of it and I started off with my thoughts for today at the beginning because the first two uh, messages really gave me a lot to think about, even though it was material that I've heard a lot over the years. Uh, I think just even Sam saying to try and put yourself into the story, uh, I saw saw things and wondered about some things that I hadn't really considered before, particularly for the disciples after the trauma and stress that they'd been through during the trial and death of Jesus, and then the great joy to discover that he was alive, uh, and then the, their reaction to the job that he had for them to do to take the gospel to the whole world and to begin to think, well, how on earth are we going to do that? because this was before the Holy Spirit had been given. And I imagined how confused and overwhelmed they might have felt. And uh, then I imagined the absolute awe they must have felt when they saw Peter and heard Peter preach that first sermon and saw 3,000 people uh, born again Christians on the day uh, that the Holy Spirit fell upon everybody that was present. And then to understand that that's what the Holy Spirit can do. He does the work and our part is to obey. Uh, something that I was surprised by was a um, why a replacement was needed for Judas apart from sharing the workload. I'd never really thought about that. And Sam pointed out that the number 11 in Jewish culture represented chaos and the number 12 was perfection. 
and I realised how Jesus would not want any chaos occurring in the uh, newborn church. And uh, there, I thought that was a really significant thing and it also made me realise how every word in the Bible has a meaning, uh, even though how simple it is we might not realise it at the time, but it's there for a reason and that was one of those um, things for me. Thanks. And I think, was it Matthias or Matthias that got, um, he was one of the ones that was added to be number 12 uh, early on. And yes, yeah, so obviously forming a uh, an actual uh, group that was representative of uh, what Jesus wanted as well was, was part of that sort of, he'd set a model up and that was really important. I think early on in the early days, the model of uh, how this thing was going to work kind of gave people structure before they started seeing things actually happening. June, do you want to share anything? Um, well, when Sam started the Acts um, messages, I was reading a book which was a novel, but it was relating to that early church days and it really opened my eyes as well um, and it made Sam's message come even more alive and um, I'm not sure if that's out here in the, the library or not. Um, but that really helped me. Um, I've taken notes every week and, and reviewed half of them to do this today. But what challenges me is not to be apathet apathetic, if I can say that word. Um, we need to be praying in the spirit. And something I do but don't do often enough we need to be singing and praising God. I love listening to music, but I'm not always singing these days, which I need to be doing more. We need to be studying his word. And I'm trying to do that every day, but sometimes I fail quite miserably. And we need to be living in his ways by his spirit. And that, that's, it's hard, but we need to be constantly trying. We need to hold on to the truth and not buck against it um, or try and change it to suit ourselves. And this is what I've got out of what Sam's been preaching. Um, we are visible to others around us um, continually, every day. They see us and they recognise the difference God makes in our lives. So they react quickly if we become grumpy or negative. Um, so we need to be open and cheerful and prepared to share the good news of the gospel um, anywhere and anytime. Um, we are the gospel. Um, and in Acts seventeen twenty eight, it says, for in him we live and move and have our being. And that's what it's all about, living and moving and having our being in him. Um, I um, thought of a chorus this morning as I was just reviewing what I had to say. Um, it's a new and living way, walk ye in it. And it's something that I learnt in the 60s. Um, and I don't know whether many people know it, but it's really good. It's just very simple. It's a new and living way, walk ye in it. It's a new and living way God has planned. It's a new and living way I am walking day by day. I am guided and led by his right hand. So that 
was a real encouragement to me as a young Christian when I was a um, young adult, young adolescent. Yeah, and something that added to what Sam has been preaching over the uh, 13 months that it's taken to go through Acts was in um, another fellowship in at New Year. Um, we heard a message then too that says the gospel is an, an, an in-over-your-head encounter. He wants to take us deeper. Don't settle, don't settle for an ankle-deep relationship. Go deeper. He's calling us deeper. He doesn't intend for us to drown, um, but he intends for us to build solid foundations, um, which is on the bedrock of the gospel. The foundations are the unseen things, but what's on top is beautiful and it's what others see. Lord, take me deeper. And then just as Anthony prayed or or shared before he prayed, um, Jeremiah 17, let our roots go deeper. That was great. Thanks, Gina. I like the idea of that in over your head relationship. That's the big challenge. Um, does anyone over this side have anything they want to share? Um, yeah, so thinking over Sam's 12 months on the book of Acts, what challenged me or surprised me? I think what challenged me was uh, one verse which has challenged me um, for many years now, and it's that one where Peter heals the, crip- the cripple and... Um, just a couple of things as I look back over that is that this cripple was born crippled and he was over 40 years old. So when we look around the people around us and sometimes we can categorise difficulties of hardness or, or you know, who can be healed and who can't, well, no one's, absolutely no one is you know, impossible for God to heal. And the other thing that always challenges me is what Peter said. You know, he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto you. And then he said, in the name of Jesus, another rise and walk. And what always challenged me about that is that Peter knew he had something which he could give. Uh, he didn't say, well, let's see if God wants to heal you. Um, let's pray about it. He's, he knew. So Peter had lived with Jesus and he'd seen Jesus do many miracles simply by saying a command. Then he'd actually gone out and, and cast out demons and all sorts of stuff. And then Jesus left and said, you know, to the disciples, heal, um, raise the dead, heal the sick, you know, freely you've received, freely give. So he knew, right, if I just say the word, um, God's going to back me up. And the people in front of him at that time might be thinking, which God are we talking about here? Well, it's the God, it's the Jesus, you know, in the name of Jesus, walk. So that always challenges me about how I go about thinking about uh, praying for people to, to heal them. Uh, Peter knew he had something. He knew that he could speak the word and God would back him up because that's what Jesus was about and that's what he said to do. And uh, he just did it with confidence. And, uh, yeah, it's always a challenge to me but always encouraging. Um, Yes, just to comment, I think having the... um, this kind of opportunity and to review it as well because it has been like an entire year of sermons. (laughs) It was quite an interesting process um, personally because I think it's just um, amazing to be able to have that ability to focus in on and reflect on that um, 
you know, those sermons over that course of time. Um, and, and I think for me, what I found quite surprising was how, like, even back um, when there was the fulfilment of the promises in the Old Testament, um, it was such a surprise for the culture at the time um, and the mystery of the cross. And I guess it, it just kind of speaks to me about how countercultural um, the message of Jesus is and how, um, you know, even today it's difficult for people to understand. But, you know, when it comes to the, the message of grace, um, it's always going to be that experience. And even when they could visibly see how that had played out um, through Jesus dying on the cross and it was so fresh in their minds and memories, it was still so difficult to grasp. And I feel that, you know, regardless, I guess, of what time we are born into, it's always going to be that experience of faith and of, of kind of being able to um, um, have that revealed to us through the Holy Spirit and and that was quite interesting for me just to kind of see how the humanity of the disciples as well and their own process of um, experiencing that. And I guess something that challenged me was just around Paul's determination to follow Jesus despite his circumstances, his heart to witness God's love, even in the, in the face of his own life being in danger. And for me, that was such a, um, an incredible testament to, I guess, his faith um, in Jesus and uh, I guess it just kind of challenges me in terms of making the most of every opportunity and, and living in that kind of with that eternal mindset around where are our priorities, what um, yeah, what is it that I want to kind of spend my time investing in and, and focusing on and there's so many distractions in this present day and just being able to kind of see um, how Paul lived his life um, in the face of all those situations um, and didn't I mean, if he was to have looked around at the problems and issues that um, it would, he would have completely um, been overwhelmed, but it wasn't about that at all. You know, just the fact that he was able to look up at Jesus and um, up at God and and um, have his, that eternal perspective that it was about others knowing this good news. It just for me was, um, it, it really challenges me in my, how I live my life day to day. Yes, yeah, that interesting thought that it, it's good news, but it's not easy news every time. <laughs> and so, yeah, I like that. That's really good. Wayne, you want to share? Anything? Yeah, sure. Um, I think one of the, the, the key things that, that strikes me as we look through the book of Acts is um, God's plan for, for his church and for, for growth and for sustainment. And that's that's all about people, obviously, about uh, people coming into relationship with him. But if you look at the time um, in terms of the context of a church growing, you would think if you look at it through human eyes, the church is actually doomed before it starts. Uh, you see that uh, Christ, who's built together around him some disciples and some believers, he's, he's dead and gone from the scene. Uh, you've got a, an environment where um, anyone who's uh, aligned to to Christianity is going to be up for um, persecution, for opposition, uh, and that's from all fronts. You can see in the book of Acts you've got people in the church with malicious intent, you've got uh, authorities and rulers, you've got um, the, the Jewish authorities and priests all against the church, putting everything they can to actually crush this movement that's starting. 
Um, so from a human perspective, how, how this has actually got to the point that we're sitting here today as a result of what started there is amazing. And it's only, I think, if you look at it through spiritual eyes that you see, well, Jesus, yeah, he was crucified, but he's come back. He appears to the disciples. You can still see him at work through the book of Acts. He's still talking to people. Um, they wait for the Holy Spirit to come. Uh, who's always been there from, from the very first day of, of creation as well, but he's, he's coming in a different way and actually gives these folk power um, uh, to actually impact lives through hearing the gospel, through coming into a relationship, and the church just continues to grow in an environment that's totally against growth and, and transformation. So that's the thing that is amazing to me uh, that God has, has on his heart um, wanting people to know him, a church that's healthy and growing, whether we're in a church or in leadership, that, that is a great encouragement. Yeah, I think um, during the week we got emails uh, from an email through to, uh, I think Kathy and the team have been putting out a message just to, uh, to say, hey, if anyone wants to share something, email through. And we got one from uh, Trevor and Margie and it said, uh, their comments were, it's surprising, echoing what you're saying, it's surprising that the original 120 believers didn't splinter early and fade away uh, and ended up growing into billions of people uh, in that we're seeing in, in you know who have that faith today and one of the big challenges they brought up was uh, maybe others have had that was that you know the it's challenging to see miracles accompanying preaching um, lots because that sort of seemed at the time it brought a lot of authenticity and it linked the preaching or the gospel preaching to God's power. Uh, they were praying for miracles, and many, many miracles happened, not just healing, but also things like miraculous judgments, you know, deaths of Herod, Ananias, and Sapphira. So, you know, we have this kind of picture of it's a challenging era, it's a challenging space to work within. Um, at the time, you know, the miracles certainly helped uh, accompany uh, a message of truth as well. Is there anyone who wanted to share anything that they felt, anything that, Anyone wanted to come up and have a chat or grab the microphone out the front there? No pressure if you're not, but if you've got anything that that's inspired, by all means, come and share it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll just come and sit somewhere here on the... If I, if, if I have trouble getting up and down, but um, I'll just sit here for a minute. <laughs> It was the last um, session that um, Sam did, uh, shared with us, that I had a very, very strong sense within myself that the Lord was just underlining for me the abandonment of his followers uh, to the Holy Spirit's prompting. It was just... Uh, and, and the picture that God gave me was the picture of one of these beautiful kids over here who is sort of, you know, up on, on elevated on, on something and they're saying, Dad, catch me, you know, that, that sort of feeling. And, you know, those children don't think for a minute that God won't answer, answer, be there to catch them. And, and I relate very much to what Andrew had just said. We have something to give. We have something to give. And, you know, the Holy Spirit has placed his word within us. He's empowered us. He's changed us in ourselves. And um, even though we, we know we, we kind of get 
sometimes when we don't get it right, lots of times. But basically God is so faithful that when we abandon ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit and to to his presence and his prompting, he's always going to be there to catch us. You know, that that is the work of the Spirit. And, you know, that was the word that I got on that particular day and I really wanted to say it but I didn't have a chance to say it but now I have. You got the chance today. <laughs> Thanks for that, Bev. Um, so moving on from, I guess, the uh, early church as we learnt sort of through the distinctives and priorities of the early church, the next question was that as we've learnt these things, what does it mean to be church? So I might start over this side. I don't know if you guys want to. Yeah, go on, Andrew. The one verse that came to mind as I was thinking about that question was just a simple one where it says the church was one in heart and mind. And at that time, there was people selling blocks of land and, and giving the money at the feet of the apostles. And sometimes people think, you know, is that what we're supposed to do? But I think that sentence before can translate into lots of different um, situations and scenarios. And I see it here as well, like, you know, people from all different backgrounds and walks of life but when we come together we're one in heart and mind we want to be about what god's doing in the world we've we've had a revelation of who he is and it's just wonderful that there can be this community and i'm just really encouraged just then by what wayne was sharing and about how impossible it seemed that this little community would grow with all the pressure against it and you just remember oh this is god we're dealing with here like the more impossible the situation, the more it's just an opportunity for him to really be glorified. So, yeah, encouraging. Thanks, Wayne. Yeah, for me, I felt that, um, I guess, for us to be church, being that um, Holy Spirit-directed and being able to, um, I guess, have that openness to God doing something, asking... Um, him to come fulfill his promises and being just, um, I guess it's very much goes against that, you know, structure and organization of like kind of maybe how church does run generally, but just being able to make space for that. And I don't think that's something that personally God's been speaking with me about. Um, and, and that expectation and anticipation that something's going to happen, you know, being able to expect, you know, this is, God's promise that he would work through his spirit and we still have access to that today and and being really intentional um, as a church around embracing that um, because it is one of those things that um, can, I guess, we we can kind of think is too uncomfortable and and it does challenge how we as um, people uh, kind of embrace um, that side of the Bible and, and the Holy Spirit is something that's, you know, not easily explained, not easily understood, so it can um, be something we just kind of push to the side. So I think as a church just being able to, um, yeah, hold on to those promises and um, also in terms of just that focus in the church to pray earnestly for others. I know Sam did speak about that um, at one point, um, knowing and living in the power of spirit, particularly in our prayer lives and, and being able to just speak into other people's lives and pray earnestly with others and through um, being that, having that outward focus, um, being able to bless those around us and, and being able to uh, ensure that we, I guess, yeah, uh, including 
their needs and, and um, how we are living as Christians and, and as a church. Um, as Sarah, you know, said today, you know, be able to look outwards and into the community, how we can use um, this hope that we have to bless others. Yeah, and I think Margie and Trevor had similar thoughts. They said, you know, the early church was a group of believers with ongoing daily interaction. They're a close-knit community, loving, serving and outreaching together. Uh, and I think they also had, you know, the ongoing repeated high levels of kindness, care, warmth, tears for parting uh, were all outstanding elements of how that church uh, lived their faith corporately. So I think that echoes a lot of what you've yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'll probably repeat much of what's already been said too, but I sort of figure for this one, um, if you sort of borrow the phrase that, that Nike use about just doing it, I think, um, a lot about the being part of the church and living the life with, with Christ with us is, is just doing the things with the Holy Spirit's help, not never in our own strength alone. Uh, doing the things that Jesus did, but also those that he taught us to do. So it's about, um, making making disciples, sharing your testimony, uh, loving people, uh, healing, um, using the gifts that that God gives us to use, uh, and just seeing how that that impacts uh, those around us as well. So yeah, just just doing it. Yeah, that's really good. What about yourself, June? I think the main I think the main thing with um, being part of the community of the church is um, being an encourager to one another and um, I don't think I need to say more than that yes I think um, it was the second chapter of Acts where we read about the devotion of the early church and how they were so devoted to the disciples teaching to prayer to gathering together fellowshipping together and to the scriptures and uh, then Sam also um, gave the example of how all the different feasts of the um, Jewish culture that had been celebrated for centuries also each one of them pointed to an aspect of the life of Jesus. Um, there was the Feast of Passover was linked to his death, the Feast of Unleavened Bread to his burial and resurrection, the Feast of Weeks is when Pentecost took place and that marked the end of the Old Testament and the law and the birth of the church with the coming of the Holy Spirit and uh, the gift of God's grace. Not that that wasn't always there, but the shift from law to grace was so um, obvious. And then the next three face, feasts were symbolic of the second coming. But the last of these feasts, uh, Sam said, was meant to remind us that God dwells with his people and should always be at the centre of our life and our community. That was the Feast of Tabernacles and they, the people built their booths or put tents around the tabernacle and God was at the centre. And that just spoke to me about, again, the devotion to him and to each other through all of those different aspects that we have in, in the life we have as the church. And then that was the challenge to me that I've been working through myself, but I think we come to that in the next step. So, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll look at sort of next uh, personally. Is there anything anyone else wanted to share about maybe what they learnt about the early church or about, you know, a model for church through uh, Acts over the last year? We've got Kathy here. I'll give you mine if you want. There you go. Um, this is my favourite scene in all of Acts. Uh, 
is in Acts 21, I think Trevor alluded to it, um, <clears throat> where the uh, Paul had stayed at Tyre and sought out the disciples and they spent seven days together and um, they, they were prophesying to him because they knew that something bad was going to happen at Jerusalem. And then uh, when they, they were about to go and they all, with their wives and children, accompanied us until we were outside the city and then kneeling on the beach we prayed. And I thought, I was just imagining myself in that, uh, in that prayer meeting, what would that have been like with everyone involved, like women, children, men, all praying together and the spirit moving, not just Paul, it's not just about Paul, it was about the whole community around him. That's great. Oh, yeah, we can leave it here. Sorry. Oh, yep. Okay. So, um, the, yeah, the la- last question that was posed throughout uh, the study was, as you read through the book, uh, through the story of Acts, what is Jesus personally saying to you? So maybe, I guess, Carol, you were kind of on a, on, a, on a roll there, so I'll give it back to you. Maybe you can share that with us. Yes, going back to the devotion, and certainly we've seen that through the book of Acts of all the disciples, but Paul, to me, has just always taken that to another level when you read that passage of all the things that he suffered. And um, just having his as that example as well, um, I've been challenged about my level of devotion, and uh, I felt like that helps me to evaluate how am I doing overall and uh, how devoted am I, how willing to make sacrifices, how willing to go out and spread the gospel, and that's a big one for me, um, which is something that I struggle with and uh, an area that I'm just praying that the Lord will help me to grow. And um, he's been challenging me about that all through the book of Acts. It would come up at different times, but even in the last week, so I know it's something that he is really working on at the moment, and uh, that has been quite a significant one for me. What about yourself, Andrew? Thinking over the, the teaching series on the book of Acts, the story that keeps sort of just ringing in the back of my mind was the, the probably the most recent one Sam spoke about when Paul was travelling to Rome and he was um, on a boat with, 200, I think, 276 others and it says that um, the, an angel appeared to Paul one night and said, you know, don't fear, you're going to get to Rome and God has graciously given you the lives of everyone on board with you. And the way that Sam was talking about the, the centurion saw in Paul that this guy is connected to God and there's something powerful here and we need to actually listen to what he says uh, in terms of giving instructions. It just made me think about um, the influence that you can have by just staying close to God. And Paul didn't set out on that journey thinking, I'm going to do something amazing for everyone on that ship. He was probably just chained, you know, and he was praying and praising as he does as he goes along. But these amazing circumstances unfold and people around him were blessed. And I just, um, I felt personally that, you know, stay close to God, be open and, and uh, upfront and kind to everybody. And you never know what God's going to do around you. Um, for me, something that spoke to me was when um, 
Sam was going through Acts 21 and Paul was asked to go to Damascus, but he kind of was only given that first step. And I think just generally we can kind of like to have our whole lives planned out. And so for me it was a challenge that, you know, taking that first step, even if we only know that is the first kind of step that we um, are aware of, is really like an important part of um, challenged me in terms of when God speaks to me and, and kind of being able to enact that and just, you know, just do it. <laughs> being able to kind of um, take that step and and expect that, you know, God will continue to guide and lead um, because otherwise it just does become a barrier. I think we can kind of put up those walls and say, no, I need to have it, you know, the whole thing, a whole journey kind of planned out. But, you know, for Paul, that it was just about day by day, you know, step by step and... I think that challenges me that to just to be lis- listening out and being obedient to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and when he speaks just to follow. Um, the other one is the power of testimony and your story and how I guess for Paul he absolutely could relate to the Jews due to his upbringing and everything like that. Um, he could, but then he could relay that transforming power of Jesus and I think Again, for me, how can I be ready to tell my story? How can I? Um, when was the last time I did talk to others about that? And like, I guess we don't often um, reflect on that day to day. And so, for me, it's a challenge to just think back to how Jesus has led and guided me, how the Holy Spirit has used me, um, and be ready to share my story. Anything you want to add, Wayne? Yeah, um, it's interesting. We're on very similar mindset, I think. Um, for this one, um, I thought it's um, just just great to see how we can actually share our story and exercise our gifts in all circumstances. So you see in Acts um, the apostles and and others that that they have an opportunity maybe to speak in a synagogue, but more so perhaps being within a crowd. Um, being one-on-one, walking along the road, going into someone's house, being chained to a soldier, being in prison. In all those situations, uh, those folk would use that opportunity to just, to just speak something, um, show, show kindness, or whatever that might be, take the opportunity and how that's actually led to the, to the transformation of those, those lives and those people around them. So for me, it's about, you know, Sunday is a great, great thing absolutely um but for us as christians that's just one part i think for me i've just got to be open um a bit sort of like nadine and andrew have said for just the prompting the opportunity in in any circumstance whether it's a a good thing or a bad thing god can use that in amazing ways yeah, and I think Trevor and Margie also noted here that, you know, taking more risks in sharing Jesus and praying for people without being obnoxious. Um, I don't know if that was Trevor or Margie. I'll leave that to you guys to think about. Uh, but, yeah, this idea of pushing back the, the call of the world to consume and accumulate and uh, think about the call of Jesus to serve and pray for the community. Um, that's uh, I think a lot of people felt that coming out of Acts. The one that I I went through my notes and found um, from the sort of towards the end where it was sort of uh, we just talked about the small stuff. I think the, you know one of the last ones was really just talking about uh, that whole episode at Malta, and um, you know it was really just an exchange of of graces between God's people and the world. It was sort of a, a model of that where you know 
the people there were just regular sort of culturally pleasant welcoming people uh, which probably helped uh, but you know Luke included it to highlight what kindness and blessing can look like in practical ways uh, Paul blessed those people there uh, and then was in turn blessed by those people there um, so yeah that was kind of the uh, you know my comment about learning about the early church and what that means personally. Is there anyone else that wants to add anything before we sort of um, look at wrapping up? You know, anything else that, you know, something you learned personally or you sort of struck you throughout the study? Last thoughts? All right. Well, what we'll do is... um, We'll, we'll wrap it up there and what I might do is actually ask um, if there's anyone who wants to pray, I'm going to ask Mike to pray in closing uh, this out. Uh, the one thing that probably, uh, I guess the last thing that stood out to me that I thought I'd share is that, you know, like the last parts of Acts are really heavily dedicated to uh, this feeling of dread about Paul going to Rome. I don't know if anyone else saw that a lot, but there was this sense of like, don't go to Rome. Everywhere he went, don't go to Rome, don't go to Rome, don't go to Rome. And it was this never-ending sort of Paul being told something that he felt convicted that it wasn't the case. Um, and he just he just knew he had to go to Rome regardless. And it was this, this battle between um, trying to let kind of fear dictate what you've got to do, trying to let that sense that something could go wrong or that it looks like something will go wrong or bad if you if you push on, uh, being sort of uh, juxtaposed to knowing that God needs you to be there and that you need to be there. And um, after all of this kind of, you know, tears and pleading and don't do it, Paul, don't go there, uh, it end, the end of Acts is, He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And it just ends that way. And you think, man, there was a lot of energy given to don't do that. Don't don't go and end up there. (laughs) And it's just it's a really interesting way that they close out that story. So yeah, I'll hand it over. Mike, you know, Mike's actually been uh, this this whole panel and everything was kind of the brainchild of Mike's, and he's been working behind the scenes uh, with Kathy to really help support it to happen. So I appreciate you guys. And if it's all right, Mike, would you be able to come up yeah, and close in prayer for us? I'd love to. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. I mean, normally we would applaud, but we we won't because this is Jesus's church, and uh, one of the things that. Uh, we're committed to as a leadership team is that the, the word of the Lord is in the church. And uh, so please, some of you maybe not have been comfortable to put your hand up and speak, but um, the forms are online, which Kathy said, I think on, on um, uh, Elvanto and email and Facebook. Lots of opportunity. There's also some hard copies here. Uh, we'll hold it open for at least a week. There's the offering box at the back. So please, if you've been moved or you've felt I really wanted to share something and just uh, haven't haven't been able to today, uh, please write those comments. And for folk online, uh, please email those in. Uh, we will, as a leadership team, take this very seriously. And uh, Uh, We will all listen to these comments again. Uh, What is the church? What is God saying to the church? Uh, Because it's not just one person, is it? And Sam very clearly said that. It's not about Sam. It's about Jesus' church. 
And uh, what a joy it is to hear uh, such beautiful uh, thoughts. June, did you get the last, did you get one, one comment about what it meant to you? Did you want to just finish? You did that, you did it. Sorry, good. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit deaf. Um, but we will, we will listen to that. So guys, thank you so much for the work you put into that. It's just, isn't it beautiful to see different personalities and different reflections, how, how we see things and how the body of Christ works, that we are different people with different skills and different callings, but together uh, we tell a common story. And uh, like Soren, I was very touched by the, the, the last thing, and it's the lead-in uh, to, to what we're going to next is that Paul spoke about the lordship of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. And so over the next few weeks, uh, we'll be starting There's a number of different speakers again, uh, doing a bit of a tag team, different ones are going to uh, come up. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the kingdom of God. What does the kingdom of God look like? What does this mean? So when Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God, uh, Paul, sorry, the kingdom, well, Jesus spoke a lot about the kingdom of God. Um, so that's where we're going We're going next. So it, it, it comes off. But please, if you've got comments, I'd just love it. It's just so important to us to hear what you're hearing from God, because this is, you know, this is where the church, where God is leading us. And what a lovely thought. You know, we, we often feel pressured, don't we, that by the world and don't do that. And, you know, the world's against us and it's all going to, it's all going to ashes. And, uh, and yet the whole story of the resurrection it just turned the whole thing around. And uh, do you know what, guys? We're on the winning side. Let's stand together and uh, pray and then we're going to sing a song. Dear God, we're amazed, Lord, at, uh, the colour and the originality of your people. Lord, we thank you how you use different ones and you use uh, their gifts and talents and, uh, Lord, their love for you and, and you've been speaking uh, to us uh, through them. And, Lord, we thank you for your body. We thank you, Lord, as we recognise uh, one another more and more and more. It's not a competition, Lord. It's about uh, loving one another and being community and serving one another and, and uh, flowing in the grace that you poured out to us. Oh, God, we thank you. Thank you for this time this morning. Thank you for your church and all it means. And, Lord, that you long to see the sons and daughters of God arise to be all they have and to uh, follow Andrew's heart and see people touched and healed, see community blessed, uh, the world turn the right way up. Lord, we, are, we love the fact what you're doing. Uh, continue to work in us. Help us to respond to your grace. Lord, help us as we walk with you uh, to love thee, love thee more dearly, follow thee more nearly. Uh, Lord, because you're a gracious God, and not because we have to or ought to, uh, but because we want to. Lord, we want to. We want to follow you. We want to love you. We just want to respond to your grace. So bless you, my God. We thank you for all you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Amen. This next song is a prayer, so we will be continuing to pray. And uh, I just want to read a prayer from Acts chapter 4, where the, uh, the, the followers of Christ were under threat, <clears throat> and they pray this, Now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit 
and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. That's a pretty intense prayer. God can still do the same thing today. God, we can do nothing of our own ability, our own power. We rely entirely on the power and authority that is in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. We we are depending entirely on the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't see that power enough in our lives, Father. We confess we have not asked for it. We have not obeyed you. Lord, come and change our hearts so that not just on Sundays, but every day we are seeking your will. We are seeking to move in your power, the power of the Spirit that wants to set people free, to heal, to bring people to the saving, freeing knowledge of Christ, the one who has taken away every sin, every sin on the cross and who will come again in power one day. Change us, Lord, change us. Show us the way forward as your community to live as a community that reflects your heart. I just want to invite you, uh, if you would like to pray about those things in your own life, and you want to come to God and say, I, 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 want, I want that, I want more. Um, there are people who can pray for you. Uh, People who are in the prayer room, can you put your hand up? Who's in the prayer room? Richard and and Diane uh, will be in the prayer room afterwards. And if if there's someone else on the insights team or the leadership team that you would like to come and pray with you, just come tap us on the shoulder and we'll find a quiet spot. But don't don't let it go. If God's speaking to you this morning, don't don't just let it go. Um, he might have more exciting things for you. We will please take a seat and uh, it's time to come and not just pray but also to fellowship with one another. I encourage you if there's things that you thought of during the service about Acts, chat about them with each other. Encourage one another with the Word of God and uh, enjoy the coffee. Uh, bless, blessings to you all in the coming week. Thanks, everyone. That's the end of the service. Um, yeah, that's Kathy said. The prayer room is open. Unfortunately, don't have rost- anyone rostered on coffee today, so it's really just a morning of fellowship, and uh, and a time of prayer is available. So take the opportunity today, and go into your weeks and enjoy your long weekend. Thanks, everyone.